I need to know everything Who in the what in the where I need everything Trust me, I hear what you're saying But I like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George I hop in the Porsche There's five and a horse I'm ready for war I'm coming for throws To turn to a ghost I need to know everything Now you be surprised At the info you get Is by letting them talk So I'm letting them talk Gotta keep quiet Maneuvering signs Then let them in talk up their body Hello and welcome to JK Plus One I am not your host, PTF um, He's still in London He's oh he's really feeling himself. This looms boldly. Just one again. I mean, goodness gracious. Marshall and and Clay uh, named a homebred after him, and the horse just keeps winning. So he's you know Pete was you know I can see him in a pub somewhere in in the UK uh, screaming "Go on, my son!" Uh, with while looms boldly won at Finger Lakes, and, and and all these British people are asking where's Finger Lakes. But uh, congratulations to them. Uh, always happy to see uh, the purple and black of 10 strike and, and, and a, a horse named after our dear friend PTF. I am your host, Jonathan Kinchin, and a little fun addition. I got two guests this week. Um, our friends at Qatar Racing will be happy to know they've partnered um, with these two gentlemen on a, on a horse. Uh, you almost had me, a two-year-old winner, stakes winner at Churchill Downs, who is back training and targeting, hopefully, fingers crossed, a midsummer uh, appearance at Saratoga in that uh, middle two-year-old race. I believe it's the Adirondack. So excited for that. Thanks to our friends at Qatar Racing. Uh, looked like they had a lot of fun at Royal Ascot last week. Speaking of Royal Ascot, I wanted to get uh, these two guests on because they're Royal Ascot winners. Winners of the Queen Mary with, uh, with Crimson Advocate. Jake Ballas of Black Type Thoroughbreds. Reagan Swinbank of Swinbank Stables. Uh, two of my dear friends, um, fun guys to root for, fun guys to hang out with at the racetrack. Wanted everyone to get a chance to, to know a little bit more about Reagan, who's diving. He's all in. He, he was a partner at Black Type for a while, and now he's uh, he, he started his own thing. We talk about his goals, uh, his history with the game, his love for the game. His first summer at Saratoga, we talked to Jake, obviously uh, no stranger to these airwaves uh, about the success that him and Maddie and Black Type have had uh, buying horses off the track. It's, it's, it's crazy. Jake runs through it in this episode of uh, the, the horses that they've bought off the track. It, it's a, it's a, if, if you're interested in ownership uh, at any level, I would definitely take uh, into strong consideration uh, our friends at Black Type Thoroughbreds. Um, that's I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it running here. We got a, a little bit over an hour with uh, with my two buddies, Reagan Swinbake and Jake Bowes. Well, well, one of you was smart enough to go overseas to a, a once in a lifetime opportunity. I guess we'll start with you. What's up, Jake? Jake, what's going on? And then the person who wasn't smart enough to go overseas for a once in a lifetime racing opportunity, Ray Ray. What's going on? Hello, JK. Thanks for having us on. I'm still uh, regretting that decision, but it's a decision that was made, and I will live with it. Um, let's let's we'll talk about how Crimson Advocate uh, became a part of of Swinbank Stables, Black Type Thoroughbreds. But let's 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 dive right into it. This is fun. I'm glad that Jake and I haven't even got to talk since he's gotten back. We would normally do this at 7:30 in the morning while one of us is driving, where we would tell the story. Uh, Jake, give me, give me the breakdown. How was the flight over? Was it comfortable? Were you mad? Did you sleep? How did it go? The flight was great. We flew JetBlue Mint 
and it's those little little pods. Um, you know, Maddie slept five out of the six and a half hours. I slept probably two. Um, flight was was perfect. No lines. Uh, everything once we got to London, everything was uh, everything went smooth. No, um, we had no issues at all. The from the from the moment we left our house to the moment we touched back down in the states, uh, it was a whirlwind of a trip, and uh, it was a trip of a lifetime. How was race day? Did you have to? I mean, did you get a car? You stayed in London, didn't you? So did you get a car service? Yeah, how, we, how'd we, that go? we stayed in London mainly because I didn't want to learn how to walk to a train and get on the wrong train and go to the go to the races and get lost. Uh, we did get a we got a driver and it was it was the best thing we did. We uh, Ascot was unbelievably uh, accommodating. Uh, they gave us a parking pass right in a car lot, and for people that don't understand. Car lot means parking lot. Uh, it's a more sophisticated uh, term they use over there. And car park. Yeah, car park means car lot, and uh, we use tailgating. They they use the word picnics. Uh, so we went to picnics and uh, we walked right in, and we had we had a suite over there at the track, and they couldn't have been more accommodating and welcome welcoming uh, us to their to their racetrack, which is the prettiest place that I've ever been. Uh, so literally from got in the car about an hour, hour and 15 minutes uh, due to traffic and uh, had some beverages and we were the first race. Uh, so by, by the time we got in, we met George and all of our other partners hung out for about an hour, went down to the paddock and, uh, and then that's when the day really started. Could you, when you were, when we were sitting, like, is it like a, is it like a good, like, can you like see what's going on? Could you, did you like see the wire? Were you at the wire? Were you ahead of the wire? Were you watching on a screen? I was just past the wire where they, the viewing stand. A lot of people watch it in the paddock where they have the big screen. And and, and I should have probably done that. Um, but I was kind of on ground level. They have a, a, you know, stands, but it was past the wire. So I had, and the big screen TV is not in front of us. So it's kind of at an angle. So I had no idea if we won or lost. And they're on a, uh, strict time schedule so after the photo and it took i don't know how many minutes a couple minutes but it felt like about 45 minutes but they start escorting you to the winner's circle where uh take the photos and do all the celebrating but they're escorting both parties because they didn't know who won or who lost so we're walking down this tunnel and i'm still i have, I have no idea and uh I had my phone in my hand and my phone starts ringing. And right then I knew we'd won because nobody in the right mind would call and just say, man, that sucked. You got nosed out <laughs> in the most prestigious two-year-old race in the world. Uh, so my phone started ringing and I was like, wow. Uh, and then you heard, the, and I guess people in America, just they were calling because they saw the Bob. So it was right before they announced it. So, and then you heard the crowd, or they say winner was number nine, and then you just heard the whole crowd erupt. Uh, it, it was a feeling like I've never experienced. Reagan, where, where were you at when you watched the race? You were, you were traveling, right? Yeah, I was in Colorado, Telluride, Colorado, which was a wonderful place to be compared to Houston, Texas uh, during the summer. But I, I was there with my parents and my kids and watch it on TV, and uh, it was pretty hard to tell who won, Jake, even on TV. But the Bob photo came out. I felt pretty good, but didn't want to jinx anything. We've lost so many Bobs over the years. And the announcer, uh, you could hear it. And I actually ran up to the TV to get right by the speaker like that affected anything. Uh, 
and I could hear the track announcer over the studio analyst say, winner number nine, and then we all went crazy, and it was pretty awesome. Well, it's funny because like they, they, they did a graphic that they don't normally do. My bad, Jay. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, they do a graphic on like on NBC or, or whatever they you know they NBC like basically takes the feed from ITV. I think IT, ITV does a graphic where they put up the two horses that are in the photo with a camera icon next to it, but they put the nine on top. So I was on the phone with Sean Borman. He goes, oh, they put the nine on top. I was like, I don't know, man. I think that just might be a graphic that they use to let you know those two horses are in the photo. And it wasn't official yet. But, you know, we had so many angles that you could kind of tell. I, I thought you had won. And it's it's funny, too, because, like, you you were behind. You got the bob, right? It's Sometimes it's the other way. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it was – that other horse led for one jump you know, for one Bob in the entire race and then led right afterwards. And we, as Reagan just said, we've been on the, on the other side, the wrong side of those Bobs uh, in a grade one with pass of champagne and a couple other horses. And so I don't think that we're going to be allowed to, to ever come to complain being on the wrong side of a, of a Bob for a very long time that um, winning that Bob just meant the absolute world to us. In the winter circle, um, to talk to me. You know, look, I've 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 been with you. I was with you at Churchill um, when when you won uh, the stake, and you know, you go up to the champagne room, and you know, you get to kind of hang out in there and, and and stuff. Like, what what was it like at Ascot after you won? It was it was incredible that this this lady who works for them came up to me and said, "I need six people. Give me the six owners to go on stage to accept the trophy." Well, we had more than six people, you know, six owners with us. And so I'm put on the spot and I'm, I'm trying to hug and cheer and celebrate. But now I got to think, all right, who's, you know, who owns this part, this part. So I picked six people and we go up there and the, there's a great photo that I'll send you. And it's of me holding my phone with Johnny and I'm FaceTiming Reagan and I'm laughing. Johnny has two thumbs up and you can see my phone. You can't see Reagan's face because it's the wrong angle. But it's, 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 it's a me FaceTiming Reagan while we're in the winner's circle accepting a, accepting a trophy. And then they take you to the winner's connections room where everybody's there and they have champagne. And they're just – I mean, you can't you're, – you're, your glass is half full and they're pouring you another one, pouring you another one. And, but like I said, they're on a strict time schedule. So then we had to be escorted out of there. Uh, and then the rest of the day was kind of a blur. I mean, we – I really didn't pay attention to any other race. Everywhere you went, people were buying you drinks, handing you drinks, congratulating you, sit with us. And uh, it's, it's just everybody was very, very happy for you. Uh, and and, and I, got, I didn't understand the magnitude of it uh, going over there. You know, you watch it, read about it. But uh, until you really experience it, uh, I can see why people go. I can see why you ship horses. And uh, I promise you, we will try every single year to get a horse back with the right horse. It's funny because Jake, uh, you know, I, I want to talk to Reagan. Uh, I know Reagan was was pretty instrumental in kind of helping you to pull the trigger um, mm -hmm. on on purchasing Crimson Advocate. But before we get to that, I, and you're on this topic of asking, like, you're let's just be honest about it because I think it's it's an important part of the equation is that you you had a poor experience the first time you went, and when I talked to you, and I know Reagan talked to you when she qualified for the race, when she won the win in your in race in, in Gulfstream, you just didn't really seem all that excited about going. And I think a lot of it had to do with 
the experience you had because now you had a great experience. You said you're never going to miss it again. Yeah, but the first time was a horrible experience. Uh, we, we had a horse, Wesley sent over there as a first-time starter in a stake. Um, so my family and I went. No one gave us – we couldn't find out where to get our tickets. They left them somewhere. It just wasn't accommodating for us for whatever reason. Uh, and it wasn't the track's fault. Um, so by the time we got there, they were already in the paddock. Horse doesn't run any good. Couldn't find where the suite was. It was just a complete debacle. My father was there and said, man, let's, let's get the hell out of here. And we did. We watched one race live, and that was the end of it. And I told myself, I had no idea the lore of it, didn't care. We got a flat tire on the way out there. Everything that bad could have happened, happened. Um, from the getting there to the horse running bad, you know, who, I mean, who would go run a maiden in, in a stake at Ascot? And at the time, we bought into it and thought we were going to go over there and win. Uh, so this was a completely different situation. We were confident going in. Uh, our trainer was very confident, uh, especially for a trainer that doesn't say a whole lot. Um, but the from the grounds to the hospitality, the food is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the, to the car parks, I mean, if American racing was like Royal Ascot, we wouldn't have any issues getting people to the track. Now, I understand it's only five days. Uh, so they, there's an advantage on that, on that standpoint. It's five days out of the year uh, versus five days a week for us to run. Um, so, but I, I, I was negative and I talked to Reagan about it and it was kind of like, why do we even go? It's very expensive to ship there. Uh, but with Gulfstream giving you the $25,000 stipend for the win and you're in, that made a lot more sense. I mean, the winner's share was 80 something thousand after you, you know, before you pay the trainer and the jock. So we're going to get less than 70,000 back. And it costs half that to ship a horse. So unless you really think you have a shot, financially, it doesn't make any sense unless you win. And we've created a ton of value for the Philly. And, it, you know, everyone says it is for the experience. And it is an unbelievable experience. I mean, I, everybody should go once. Um, but just on a financial level, without Goldstream's help, uh, I would have been more hesitant to go. And I would have been talked into it because the partners want to go and uh, you know, th thankfully we did win. Uh, but if you go over there and run mid-pack, yes, great experience, but it, it is pretty expensive. Reagan, uh, how the deal get done, right? I mean, I, let's, well, well, let's, let me back up a little bit further. You and Jake grew up together, um, high school. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll go back even further to talk about some of the, you know, the first horses, some of the horses, you took a break, you've been back, you're back in it. Now you're fully, uh, committed with your with with your own stable kind of starting now but how did this horse get done obviously you have a relationship with george with some of your other horses that you have H how did how did, did uh, the crimson advocate deal get done yeah it's pretty funny uh jake and i have been buying horses for the last well jake's been buying them and i've been partnering with black type thoroughbreds and he established that um entity in 2019 jake and i like you said been best friends since childhood since we were in middle school and um so we've been buying horses hot and heavy for the last few years and then this year i decided to take uh kind of a step up and form my own stables windbank stables got my own silks got the cpa we're doing it right you know from my perspective and so we had bought jake and maddie had bought four two-year-olds under black type 10 um and so i took uh, a percentage of those we had bought uh, off the track the john hancock philly uh you almost had me sent that uh, to Brad Cox with our friends at Qatar Racing. 
And so we kind of were good with two-year-olds. You know, there's obviously <laughs> it's uh, they all cost money, you know. So uh, Jake and I had a plan. We're not going to buy any more two-year-olds of racing age because we're, you know, we're good. And we are going to focus on mares and look for some, maybe some mares in fold in November. So we're kind of saving up some bread, you know, for, for our new phase of, of our operation. And so it was a Friday afternoon and I get a call from George Weaver. Normally George Weaver does not call me. Normally I have cocktails and then call George Weaver. (laughs) And he answers, you know, about half the time. And then we talk, I yell about stuff. And uh, then about two minutes in, he goes, Hey, I have to call you back. And then he never calls me back. And then I do the same thing most Fridays. Okay. So my phone rings on a Friday afternoon and it's George Weaver and he goes, hey, Reagan, uh, what are you doing? Uh, and I was actually at our country club having cocktails with a couple buddies. And so I say that. I go, I'm on the patio at the club having cocktails. And he goes, that's perfect. I got something I need to run by you. I said, okay. He goes, we had this filly. She got third at Keeneland. I think she's really fast. She didn't get a good trip. The current owners are going to sell her. Uh, I think it's a fair price. And I really want to keep this filly. So I need some of, some of my guys in. So I go, okay, uh, have you talked to Jake? Because normally Jake does everything. And he goes, yeah, he said you're not buying any uh, any more horses, so I got to call you direct. (laughs) (laughs) And and I was about three cocktails in on a beautiful Friday afternoon, and he really nailed the timing. I mean, Weaver was on it. (laughs) Perfect timing. So I'm like, all right, I'll I'll call you back in five minutes. So I called Jake. I go, hey, Weaver called me. He goes, yeah, I figured he would. And I said, what do you think? And he's like, dude, she's really pretty. So he sends me the pictures, sends me a video of her walking, and she's just a magnificent-looking filly, chestnut, muscled out, looking great. And I'm like, damn. He's like, what? I go, I think we got to buy into this horse. And he's like, yeah, I kind of think so too. So I call Weaver back. I go, we're in for a quarter, you know, uh, at least if you need more. Because he was in a real hurry, like, we got to get this deal done right now. And so I go, we're in for at least a quarter. If you need some more, it's fine, but I'd like to be at a quarter. So he goes, okay, thank you, you know, blah, blah, blah. So literally 10 minutes later, Jake's like, deal's done, wire the money. And I go, okay. <laughs> so, and that, uh, uh, the, that's the exactly timing, how it went down. It went down in like 10 minutes. And the, the timing of George calling Reagan was, was not accidental either. <laughs> he said, he, he's looking at his watch. He said, right, it's Friday, it's 4.30 Texas time. <laughs> Let me wait another 30 minutes. Let me wait another yeah, 30 yeah. minutes. You don't want to wait on a you – don't, you don't want to call Monday. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not hard to pattern me on most Fridays. Um, that, that, you know, so, it is, you know that's, that's exactly what happened. I mean, we, we just bought – you almost had me. And um, I said, man, I, I got to call my guys again and say, look, it's, look, it's very difficult buying horses privately. I mean, you got to locate one. They have to vet. They have to agree to sell. There's all different hoops, right? So we just got you almost had me. And uh, I said, man, now I got to go call everyone again and say, hey, we need some more money, uh, you know, after you almost had me. And, you know, I always explain to people, you never know when the next private horse is going to come. So you got to just keep trying. And the next thing you know is back to back. And luckily – uh, George called me multiple times saying I had to go to the barn to look at this filly because she was at Keeneland. Uh, and it, so I, I kind of first said, I'll go do it. And then he called me while I was at the races. I forgot. So then I went to look at her and 
I knew George was serious because he's never once called me to buy in, to buy a horse. Not one time. It's always me sending him a replay. Hey, did you see this? Did you see that? Blah, blah, blah. And so he called me and I knew, um, and he, he told me before she ran at Keeneland, he said, Hey, we're going to bet. And, and George is, is very good with info as far as gambling. And so I knew he really liked this horse and the Philly. And when she ran third, he was disappointed. And, uh, you know, it just shows the confidence that that I have in George that you, know, you can run third at Keeneland and, um, you know, we spend a decent amount of money to buy her. And uh, next thing you know, we've won uh, two stakes and one of the most prestigious two-year-old races in the world. It, it's one of the things I love about the team that you guys have. And, and you know, you have some horses with, with Brad Cox. You have some horses with Michael McCarthy. Um, the Brad Cox relationship new. The Michael McCarthy relationship not new. You have horses with George. You got – Reg, you and Reagan's relationship and how far you guys go back. You've got you and Maddie is kind of the two eyes that are making the decisions. It's it's there's so many checks and balances in in the in the in the group that I it, I feel like it's it, it's led to so much success with Pass the Champagne and Secret Oath and you almost had me and 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 uh, it's just it's I, I think it's worked out really well you know. Yeah. It, I mean, <clears throat> It has so far. Um, you know, we did go maybe six months without winning a race, but uh, you know, if you go, if you just go back to look to see what we've since 2019. We've up in smoke was a stake winner in Grade One place, Pass the Champagne, Grade One place, Grade Two winner. We bought Hidden Connection, uh, Grade Three winner, Grade Two placed. Uh, we bought Actuator. He won a grade three sacred wish. We bought this year, grade two place. You almost had me stake winner and Crimson Advocate. Those have been all of our private purchases. Uh, Did I say secret oath? My bad. I said secret yeah. oath. Um, I, get, I get those two confused. But those, those have been all of our private purchases. And uh, we've bought every single one. And this is what I think is impressive. We've not bought any that are stake horses. Uh, we've bought them all after they've run first or second as a maiden they've either broken their maiden or they've run second or they've run third in their in their in a maiden special way uh, so i think that's uh we've been able like you said through our team because there are like every re race we play i'll send to angel cordero and say hey what do you think about this horse you know other than crimson advocate that's the only one i didn't do that to uh, but every other one so the, so we have cordero that does look at race replays along with maddie and myself and obviously of the trainers that we've sent the horses to. Um, and we've, you know, like you said, the Brad Cox is news because we formed a new partnership with Qatar. But, you know, we, without having Angel, George, Maddie, and Reagan behind us, without Reagan, none of this would be possible. Like he said, you have to have the money. And um, I've been lucky enough to be friends with Reagan and, and he supported me financially uh, through, through most of this with black type and, you know, we've grown black type to a bunch of partners, uh, but without Reagan's support and backing, we wouldn't be here. And then you have to, I went through times with trainers, man, you got to trust them uh, and agents and so forth. So I, I do think a lot of our successes, I've failed a whole bunch, you know, from the time we bought our first horse in 2009 through 19, you know, we were, we were buying stuff that didn't work. It's just 19, we started Black Type Thoroughbreds, and that's when Reagan got back involved with 2019. So in that interim, we made a lot of mistakes, and we've learned from them, 
and I think we have put together a very good team. Uh, and hopefully it's going to be a team that's going to you know stay together going forward uh, for the long run. Ray, you're, you're back in hot and heavy now, but let's go to the beginning, 2009, um, when you guys bought Joining the Dance. How did that how did that go? I don't know if I've even heard this story. Did Jake call you? Did you tell Jake, Hey, I'm interested. Or were you with Jake randomly? Like how, how did you get involved at that point? Yeah. Uh, it was in 2008. So we were all single and not married and had just enough money to do something stupid, like buy into a racehorse when we literally knew nothing about it. Jake, we all knew nothing. Jake knew 10% more than nothing, but the whole team knew nothing. And so Jake had gone up to Saratoga and, met with Angel who used to ride for uh, Jake's dad, John Ballas in the eighties. And uh, John Ballas had some really good horses. So Jake had a little more exposure than the rest of us. And so he was talking to Angel up there and uh, joining the dance, I think got, got second place in a race. And Jake had told Angel to find, find us a horse. And so Jake was working with Richard Lewis, the NBA player, and um, he was a good partner to have because he bought half the horse. <laughs> and so we, uh, Jake and his brother Reed and my brother Will and myself bought the other half. And uh, I think we paid 250000 for joining the dance, and we all put up 10%, which was a lot of money for us. And uh, based on Jake saying, hey, this is fun, we're all big gamblers anyways, I mean, we – we were raised watching the big races, but n knew no details or anything. So it just felt like a good gamble. And so we bought Joint of the Dance. Richard took half. Uh, my brother, again, Reed, uh, Will, my brother, Will, Jake's brother, Reed, Jake and I bought the other half and went on the experience of a lifetime. He, he went on to win as maiden for us at Saratoga. I think he placed or something in the champagne. He's got nosed out in the Tampa Bay Derby. Um, got fifth in the bluegrass seventh in the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> it's like, you can't make it up, you know? And uh, so we had it all figured out and we were traveling all the time. We had no family obligation. So we traveled to every race, partied up, meet, met ton of friends that we're still friends with now. Uh, met a bunch of cool young guys our age at the time that, um, you know, the Gatewood Bells, the Brett Jones, the uh, John David, um, and a whole bunch of Kentucky guys and just uh, really fell in love with the sport through that one cult. And uh, we learned a lot and had uh, an incredible experience. We got into the Derby, Jake, what at the Tuesday of Derby week? I think we were like 24th on yeah, we rated were, earnings. We were way down on the there. list. Next thing you know, is like deflection, deflection, deflection. And next thing you know, we're in the Derby and I don't know how many people we brought, but we think, I think we had, I think we had seven boxes of six of 42 people. Yeah. <laughs> and when we walked the horse in, I went to the back, you know, you, you start on the, on the backside and there were some, some guys over there with a cooler of beer. And in my half Spanish, I bought uh, six beers from, from a cooler and they were 24 ounce Coors lights, you know, the big dongs, you know? And so <laughs> I buy them and we're, <laughs> And Todd Pletcher is the trainer of Join in the Dance, and uh, we're just idiots from Texas. And so we're we're doing the walk-in with Join in the Dance, and all of us are carrying 24-ounce Coors Light cans in our hands, high-fiving people. And Todd turns to Jake and I, and he goes, you have to be the first owners of any derby horse to do the walk-in with a damn Coors Light can in your hand. Like, eh. 
You know, we're celebrating, baby. You know, we were. Uh, I mean, look, we were fifty something to one. We knew we weren't going to win, and so we, we we were just having a lot of fun. We were twenty. 29 years old, 28 years old at the time. I mean, it was just a, it was a heck of a well, lot of fun. You, you got a little thrill, you know? Yeah. Turning if for that home, race was a mile, home. If that race was a mile, we would have won that damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so fast forward, Reagan, because it's funny. Uh, people who know you will know that you are, you're a passionate person about anything. You're a passionate person about you know, going to breakfast, you're a passionate, passionate person about your businesses, your friends, your family, uh, first and foremost, the Texas Aggies. Yeah. But when I look at your Twitter profile, like the first thing you mentioned is horses, which is funny yeah. to me because you are a perfect example. The industry needs to look at as a person that got a little bit interested when they were younger, had some success and has come back and is now com committed to being a part of the game. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, by passionate, you just mean loud, right? I'm just loud about all those things, <laughs> including my friends and family. But uh, I know what you're saying there. No, I think, well, my, my interest came from Jake Ballas. So without Jake Ballas, I would not probably be in the, in the horse racing game. And luckily that we are best friends from childhood. And we talk every day, whether we own horses or not, for the most part, for most of our lives. And his knowledge and passion for the horse fed into me. And uh, I'm lucky to have Jake and Maddie and the whole team that you guys have already talked about as the experts. And I'm along for the ride. And I think the passion that Jake and Maddie have shown for this sport has taught me everything. And I, I like sports. I like um, gambling. And I like the sport of, of thoroughbred racehorsing. I mean, as everyone that listen to this podcast knows it's truly it's just an, an amazing um experience going to the tracks meeting the people seeing these athletes um you know the the experiences that you get to do following a racehorse is unmatched and in life really i mean it's you can't compare it to really almost anything and the friends that we bring to the track they're like oh i get it now you know oh i get why all you talk about is racehorses now because it's so unique and so my passion uh came from jake ballas and uh we're a good team and i am lucky you know this sport is not filled with genuine honest uh, trustworthy people in all aspects we all know that the bottom of this sport can be a little a little seedy but with with the faith and trust and love that i have in jake and and and, and maddie it's being able to trust the experts and and your partners goes a long way. So without that, I wouldn't be involved, but because I have that and, uh, and fortunate, you know, with, uh, my business and my family life to be able to, to play around with this stuff, uh, as an investment, but we all know it's a tough game. So we're trying to make money. Um, we may not some years, but some years we are. And so, uh, I just think it's through Jake, it's allowed me to experience a whole nother, uh, a whole nother, um, experience you know so it's it's fun and i care about it and i love it and that's all i think about for the most part is these damn horses <laughs> and, and if you and if you <laughs> if you weren't already all in the the one thing that will definitely lock you in forever is an extended stay in saratoga and you've you're coming up your your first month month long venture is uh is starting here in a week or so that's right yeah we bit the bullet and 
rented a house. You know, the Hampton Inn is nice, but five nights at the Hampton Inn gets a little crowded. So we uh, we rented a house this year for July, you know, for most of July, then got to come back and um, pick up my kids from their from their camps and uh, then hop, hop back up for the big raises in August. Um, but, yeah, excited to be able to experience Saratoga more than just a long weekend. Hopefully I can behave myself and not just party straight for four days. Uh, with the extended time, I can, you know, I can um, rein that in. Hopefully we'll see. But um, you'll have yeah, no choice. Ex- excited, yeah, exactly. No, exactly. So excited to experience, to unpack, and uh, have a house, and you know, and be a normal adult in Saratoga. We're neighbors. Yeah, that's right. Like about two two houses down. I did rent a golf cart, by the way. So did you? Yep. That's that's wonderful. I'm gonna hop on with you some mornings. Just come we'll scoop to, me up. I'm in the cul-de-sac. We'll have to we'll have to toot toot over to the barn. Yell at George Weaver. <laughs> Uh, it's funny. Cause like the summer, it's like when you visit here, I know exactly what you're talking about. When you visit for a weekend, you're having, it's like, you're having so much fun. It's like that first night in Vegas, when you go to Vegas and you just, you just, you're just so excited. You just go too hard. And, 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 uh, and, and I've been guilty of it. Jake's been guilty of it. But then when you're here for a long period of time, like Jake has been before you start, you pick and choose, you actually enjoy it a little bit more. Cause you, 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 you have some just relaxed days. You have some days where you chill a little bit. You have some days where you pop up to the lake. You have some days where you, you only have two beers instead of 17. It's it just, it's, you don't feel so rushed, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. We're actually going to bring our youngest daughter who's six. And so I have some family o- obligations that I don't have on the long weekend. So yeah, we're going to do the lake and hopefully hit up Lake George and go to the parks and it, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I, I can't wait to experience it from the other side other than now there'll probably be a weekend in August where we go back to the old ways, you know, but um, <laughs> when the family's there in July, we're going to be normal adults. Jake, uh, do you, do you miss, I mean, if you could logistically pull it off, you know, and I, that's a, that's a tricky question, right? Cause like, you know, what if, but if you could logistically pull it off, would you spend your entire summer in Saratoga? Yeah, I would. I love it up there. The weather's nice. Uh, you know, having a seven-month-old and a four-year-old uh, kind of prevents us from that. I mean, the seven, the the four-year-old starts school like the first or second week of August. So, um, you know, logistically, if we didn't have horses on our farm uh, and five dogs, I, I would, I would, I would like to pull it off. And hopefully, in the next, you know, the next couple of years, we'll be able to do it again, where we can go for two weeks at a time and. Like this year, I'm going to go two days opening weekend. I have to get back. We have a family vacation that's been planned uh, in the middle of middle of July, so I'll go two days here, and then, uh, like Reagan says, I'll just uh, you know we'll go for the sale and jump around in August whenever we have something running. Who have- who are we thinking? Who are we thinking we're going to see this summer? Right? Let's 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 do the let's do a little roll call here. We'll see uh, pass the champagne. I'm assuming. Yeah. I well, I don't know. I mean, hopefully, yes. I mean, the, you know, she's a grade two winner. We think she's better around one turn. That leaves you with the ballerina is pretty much the only option. Uh, but you're going to have, you know, Echo Zulu, Goodnight Olive, Society. Uh, I, I don't know if she's – to date, she's not that caliber. Now, if you get a pace meltdown and so forth, yes – and, and, they, and they do call Saratoga the graveyard of champions. Uh, 
So, uh, but there's not many options for being a grade two winner. We we're trying to get the grade one. Uh, so you have the Clement Hirsch at Del Mar, or you have the ballerina. Uh, she is far in the Clement Hirsch is two turns. Ballerina is one turn. Ballerina is only one left other than the Breeders' Cup. So I hope she does run at Saratoga. I don't know which race it would be. Uh, I mean, it'd be the ballerina or nothing. You know, we'd have to ship out of town. Uh, opening weekend, we should have Sacred Sacred Wish, Sacred Wish running uh, in that Wilton Stake, hopefully, going a mile. And that's the Friday of uh, opening weekend. Uh, Crimson Advocate, I don't know yet. In August 20th, there's a stake for her. We'll have to see. She left on a plane today. She gets back. So once George evaluates her, we'll come up with a plan. She uh, you know, she deserves a little bit of time off. Uh, and so I don't, you know, the Breeders' Cup's our ultimate goal if she's sound, healthy. And uh, so we'll work our way ourselves backward from there. And that's there. There's only one spot for her up there. Uh, we have a two-year-old filly named Caress uh, that we're pretty high on. She should run at Saratoga. Um, Riviere made her debut last month. A couple weeks ago at Belmont, she ran a very good fourth on debut. She will run at Saratoga. Um, I think with those three-year-old Colts, maybe you know Payzone and um, yeah, Payzone's run running Friday. If Payzone runs Friday uh, at, at Laurel, we'll see what he does there and. Um, to, that's the Maryland bread, right? Pays on. Yeah, that's the Maryland bread. We'll we'll have a. Hopefully, you almost had me. She's back training now. She got a shin. She's back with Brad. Um, so she could hope, try to like you could try to make the second two year old yeah, race with her. Yeah, the Adirondack. Yeah, that's yeah. our. That's the tentative plan is to to make that race. Um, you know, and I, I. There's not a two year old filly right now that's run as fast as she's run. So I, I joked with Reagan, you know, right now we have the fastest two-year-old dirt filly in the country and we have the fastest two-year-old turf filly in the world, which is, I say that jokingly, but it's actually true on space. On sounds speech. pretty good. Sounds, sounds, sounds real pretty good. good. Pretty good publicity, right? Um, <laughs> and this is the first year that, you know, that Reagan has taken a step forward and, and is buying on his own and not with black type and, uh, Sacred Wish, you almost had me in Crimson Advocate are the first three he's done that with. And two stake winners and a grade two winner and a grade two stake place is uh, pretty good to, to start out since uh, March. Reagan, what's it, let's let's kind of fast forward five years from now. Like, what's your what's your kind of dream goal of where Swinbank Stables is in, in, in five years? Like, where what are you hoping to have, you know, accomplished or, or, or be set up to do? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And like any business, and we, you should always think five years out at, at all of our operating companies. Once a year, we have a five-year plan that, you know, that gets updated. And so part of us forming Swinbank Stables with Jake involved and the accountants and we're, you know, we're, this is a real business now. And so our five-year plan is to have some mares, quality mares, breeding, and, my goal and is to have a homebred winner. I was texting with Marshall Graham, one of the owners of 10 Strike Racing. They had a nice win at Finger Lakes yesterday with a horse named, named Looms Boldly after our friend Pete. 
And I was texting him, congrats, because, you know, that, that horse ran, ran well. And he goes, it's always more fun with a homebred. And I said, man, give me about three or four years, dude. Because <laughs> uh, I get how proud we are to win a race. It's so hard to win a race. But um, when you win a race with a horse that you bought off the track, knowing that they're fast, it's an amazing feeling, right? When you buy a horse at auction, um, it feels maybe 1% better, right? Because you picked that horse out or uh, you, you had the eye in it and it did what you thought. And then I have to imagine having a homebred winner feels the best. And uh, not that, you know, winning with any horse feels amazing, but you know, I got to think as uh, winning with a homebred is, is the ultimate satisfaction, right? Because you put together the story of that horse. So my goal in five years is to have a, a, a few mares, breed, sell horses, stay in them, buy races, you know, stay involved with the racing aspect, but also have, um, also have, you know, some breeding and some homebreds and kind of be the full boutique package that I've learned a lot from guests on your po podcast, JK. And, I, and after every episode I text you, I'm like, damn, that was a good one. And I'm not just saying it because we're friends, but I've learned a lot from, you know, guys like Saul and Mike Rapoli and then from trainers and jockeys. I mean, there's so, there's so many levels to this business that I think from the, the owners that you've had on, I've listened and heard their path and, and what they like. And I think having well-bred fillies turn into mares and then breeding them is adds another level to what I want to accomplish uh, at Swinbank Stable. So that's the long answer. Jake, how about you with, with, with black type? I mean, obviously you're, you're, you're accomplishing what you want in terms of, of having the success of, of buying horses off the racetrack and, um, and, and, you know, those kind of help pay for some of the other uh, more projected types of things with yearlings and, and two-year-old and uh, in training and stuff like that. Where, uh, where's, where's black type headed? Hopefully we can just, we can get bigger. Uh <clears throat> get more investors involved and you know if you look what happened with reagan he started you know you take away joining the dance but he started back getting involved with black type and that to me is a goal to try to get individuals that love the game to teach them and then they they would they do want to go out on their own and put up more of an investment and it allows us to partner with our own people but they just Instead of under running just black type, it's swim bank stables and black type. Um, so it allows us to be able to get more horses with more equity behind us. I would love to get more partners. Uh, I hope with all of our recent success, that's it's going to translate into that. Um, but it is a, it's a small market uh, to tap into. Not everybody knows a lot about racing. And what Reagan mentioned earlier, when we do bring people that's when people to the races, that's when people do get it. They understand, wow, this is why y'all do it. This is a lot of fun and they'll reinvest. Uh, but I, I, I would love, you know, five years from now, I, I don't, I don't think we would need to be as big as, uh, you know, West Point and those guys. I mean, they got 50, 30 something horses, two year olds. Um, but I would love to have about 10 horses in training every year and, couple of those are going to be private purchases. Couples are going to be two-year-old sales purchases and a couple are going to be yearling purchases. Uh, you know, you do get more value when you can buy yearlings. It is a numbers game. You know, you see the Rapolis and 
you know, the starlights and all those big people eclipse, you, you do see a lot of the successes. They buy a lot of horses and that's everybody. You know, that's not just, I'm not singling those groups out, even 10 strike, et cetera. So it is a numbers game. You have to be willing to, to spend money. You have to be willing, you're, and you're going to buy a lot of bad horses, and you just hope that uh, several of the good ones will pay for the bad ones, and, uh, you know, you keep going. But I would I would hope in five years we have 10 or 15 uh, horses every year in training uh, with a couple trainers. But we want to have – we want to get more of a presence in Kentucky, Oakland, uh fairground circuit there's you know we've been pretty heavy on new york florida uh, but the purse money in kentucky is too good not to have horses here uh and like you mentioned earlier we have horses with uh, michael mccarthy i would like to have a couple out there with him in california uh and, and spread it around and you know george will always be our main guy and just so therefore we but the, the money in kentucky is so good that uh, you have to have uh, some, some some Kentucky breads to uh, to run on this circuit. Jake, how let's just pretend we're on an elevator, right? And it's it's a long elevator ride, so you you have a little bit of time here. We're on an elevator, and I see your you got your uh, your pullover on, you got your black type logo there, and I say to you, "Hey, are you involved in horse racing? I wanted to buy a horse. Uh, how much money do I need?" So you got to like the 98th floor. What are we, how are we doing this? Well, it, you know, again, it depends on your goal, but if, you know, I, I, my first thing I would tell you is, uh, is when it's what I tell all my partners, Hey, look, I would love for you to get involved. Whatever money you give me, don't, don't give me any money that you need. Uh, this is, it is for fun. And um, it's for the experience. Can we make money and return money? Yes, we can. We've proven we've done it. We also you know, have partnerships that we lose money on. Uh, you get 0% back. And the other partnerships, you know, we've doubled, tripled money. So I would tell you, don't give me any money that you need. Uh, I would tell you how much money, um, you know, every partnership is different. You know, the entry point to some partnerships on those micro shares are $250. You know, entry entry to ours is 25000 So if you want to become part of Black Type, it's $25,000 per share. Uh, and get a couple of people together and um, you can split it if you, if you'd like, uh, you know, if you don't want to assume that much risk. And I promise one thing, you'll have the most fun you've ever had win or lose with our group as a whole. Um, we bring a lot of fun, uh, fun people to the races. We like to have fun. We have a blast when we lose and we have a lot more fun when we win. Uh, so it's kind of like a, your own, you know, it's kind of like a joining a, a country club in a way. Uh, it's your own elite club that, uh, you know, you, you, you act like an owner. You have all the amenities as an owner. You go on the backside, you go in the paddock, you go in the winter circle. And, and as far as in our whole group, and we have people that own a couple percent, I mean, they act, they really do take pride in saying they own a horse and they may only own 1%. Um, so, but I do. The main thing is don't give me, don't put up money in a horse if you need the money. If it's going to change your lifestyle, if we lose, <laughs> there's another way to say it, JK. <laughs> Jake gets a little too negative and too factual. No, I mean, not that we're lying or anything. We'd say, hey, man, we're going to buy a racehorse and gamble. I mean, it's the ultimate gamble. Like, have you ever played blackjack? Well, some hands you win, some hands you lose, right? Same thing in sports. But here's what we guarantee 
It's going to be a great experience. We're going to try to buy the best horse and be trained by the best people. And we're going to experience some really fun stuff. And sometimes we win and a lot of times we lose, but the fun is guaranteed. The, this is the, why this is why I bring Reagan around. I tell you what, this makes me this makes me remember one of the most fun moments I've had in a very long time was when we uh, flew from Houston to uh, Gulfstream for for Pasta Champagne. Yep. And uh, she broke her maiden that day, and then because uh, you guys had bought her before she had broken her maiden, she broke her maiden that day, and. It, the, the day of the races was fun. That was great. We, we hung out. That was all good. But my favorite part was the next morning when we were all a little banged up and we were eating, we were going to get breakfast and that lady gave Reagan a, a, a big, a, a big helping of eggs on her, her plate. And, uh, and, and what'd she say to you? Uh, yeah, she, it was during kind of post COVID. So it was the, Breakfast buffet at the uh, what is it the JW Turnberry whatever the Marriott yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's pretty nice hotel you know so they have a nice breakfast bread we are hungover bad and uh, so they have all this food out and I'm a bigger guy you know in spirit and size and uh, so she you know my head's down she's like eggs yes I go yes please and she gives me like a giant dinner plate half filled with scrambled eggs. And I just I look up and I go, damn, girl hooked it up. And she goes, yeah, well, you big boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think she gave me a dozen damn eggs, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, my God. And then, one, and then one of you idiots started with the uh, mimosas. So we just kind of kept going. The, the, look, that was, that, that was a, that was a necessity. It was. It would have. Yeah. I would have thrown. I would have. I would have thrown up on the plane if I didn't get a little hair of the dog. <laughs> hey, the funniest thing that you told me, J.K., is so past the champagne, Windsor Bay, and I bring a bunch of buddies. Just a guy's trip. Half the people don't know what a thoroughbred racehorse is, and we just go. So we party the night before. We show up to the track. We're race one. It's like eleven fifteen. We win the race. We go crazy. You know, we're all cashing tickets. We're high fiving. It's intense. And I turn to you, J.K., and I go, "What the hell do we do now?" And you go, now we party. (laughs) (laughs) And so we did. (laughs) We sure did. We sure did. Oh, that was uh, that was an adventure. Race one, Jake. It was. It was was like Royal Ascot. And I gotta and I gotta tell you, it kind of sucks. Yeah, man. I I I wish I wish Ascot was later. And I, you know, look, I like to be able to get settled in, have some drinks, do some handicapping. Uh, and have the buildup. Uh, race one, man, you get there early, and you know it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day. Though you win race one, and then everything else is it's it's, it's just gravy. It's just so much fun afterwards. That's one positive about being race one. But usually, right. usually uh, the better races are the, the second part of the cards. <laughs> when you are race right. one. A lot of times that means your yeah. yours isn't that good. Yeah, yeah I mean, unless you're loyal. Race one means yeah. <laughs> uh, Ray, not counting the Kentucky Derby, uh, a race that you would love to win. Well, uh, I've never won a grade one. So as, as an owner, oh, well, and barely as a better. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I want to win a great uh, a grade one. And so wherever that falls, wherever that is, hopefully it's the Breeders' Cup this year with Crimson Advocate. Um, but I want to win a grade one. 
and I don't care where it falls. They're all special in their own right. Obviously, the Derby, the Oaks. We like buying Phillies, so the Oaks would be great. Um, yeah, I just any grade one. Jake, not counting the Derby, one race that you just would always just really love to win. I would love to win the test. And it just means you got a really fast Philly. Um, it's very prestigious. Uh, I would love to win. For a Philly race, I would love to win the, the test. And, um, you know, as a, the Colt, I, th- I think um, I'd probably have to say to Travers, mainly because Saratoga is my favorite racetrack. It's the most prestigious three-year-old race in Saratoga. Um, so I would have to say the test for the Phillies and the Travers for, for Colts. I thought Reagan was going to say like the Lone Star Derby. Or yeah. Like that in Texas. <laughs> Lone Star Derby's it's on the list. I just won't tell you where. <laughs> Reagan, how's that Texas red going? She's doing good. Uh, her name is Baycliff. Um, we partnered with CJ Thoroughbreds. I wanted a regional horse down in Texas. It made Jake. Jake did not want to buy it. I made him <laughs> go to the sale in Dallas. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, come on, dude. Let's get one in Texas, man. So uh, <laughs> so we did that. We partnered with CJ Thoroughbreds. They're pretty – they're very well-known down here in uh, in Texas and Oklahoma. So her name is Baycliff, which is the town uh, that my Bay House is in. And it's a pretty rednecky kind of salty town. So hope this Philly uh, – hope this Philly's pretty salty and tough because if you're from Baycliff, you're pretty tough, you know. But she's, uh, I think she's going to run in August, I think. Uh, right, Jake? Yeah, she got she got shins. She worked a couple times, got shins, and um, she gets back 30. She had 30 days of jogging. That ended yesterday, so she's she's back on on track now, and um, hopefully hopefully she'll get a race in August. Hey, y'all need to be more positive on my Texas bread operation, too. Both you guys were kind of thumbs down on it. No, no, no! I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm behind it. I'm behind it. There's only, there's only a couple of things in Texas I don't root for. I won't say what those things are. Yeah, but there's only a couple well, of things. I, I know what you're gonna say. After, <laughs> after five and seven last season, there's, it was tough to root for him as a diehard. But we're, we're coming back, baby. My boy Jimbo's got him fired up. Don't worry. When was the last time you talked to Jimbo, Reagan? He's a partner in, in Black Type Eight. Uh, I text him mainly text, um, probably once every week or so, you know, we're pretty good buddies. I like old Jimbo. We got a couple of good running backs. Texas did. Did you see that Reagan? Were you, were you mad about that? No, I don't get mad anymore. I'm I'm too deep into the, into the weeds on that. It's kind of, kind of hard for me to get mad anymore. (laughs) I'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, opening night. Did I tell you opening night? We're going to have dinner at the house. So you're going to be here, Jake, for opening night? I'm going to fly in opening day, Tuesday, uh, Thursday. Okay, perfect. Uh, so don't make dinner plans that night. We'll, but you can go out Friday night. We're going to just have it at the house. That's, that works for me. Yeah, I'm going to get in Thursday and uh, we'll go to the – hopefully I'll get in early enough, go to the races and – Go to the barns Friday morning, barn barn Saturday morning, then I'm gonna catch a flight out. We gotta get you some stickers, Reagan, for your golf cart. I need swag. I need uh I need some Swinbank Stables swag. That's on the list of things to do. We have a lot to do at Swinbank Stables. 
but uh, swag is uh, is on the list. So we're, we're gonna you really do. You should get like get like a big sticker of your silks printed out I and know. just put it on there, so everybody knows who's who's rolling you know, through. You don't want to hear. I found out yesterday through Cordero how much they're charging now for golf carts. Yeah, what they used to charge, Jake, back in the day. I paid first year I was there. I paid nine hundred and fifty dollars for the entire meet, and then it got up to about thirteen hundred dollars. 14 for the whole meet and that's when mike ran it i don't know who runs it now but- it's more than that it's more than that now but we're not we're, we're not counting pennies here we're we're going to saratoga we need a golf cart we're, we're, it's just a big pick six ticket that's all it is uh, look i totally agree and if you're going to be there for weeks you can't not have a golf cart no and you're so close reagan you can just you just go down uh that there's that street that's right by the horseshoe where Jimmy Barn, Jimmy Bond's yeah. barn is, and you just go right down that street, and you're in the you're on the backside. Can't wait. Maybe stop by, have a little morning cocktail. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully a six year old knows how to drive a golf cart in the afternoon. Well, there's a, I'm not gonna have her with me the whole time. I mean, my wife's coming. Surely, you know, <laughs> surely she can watch her. She's gonna be good luck though, man. We're gonna win at Saratoga. Hopefully, we win a couple of Saratoga. That'd be nice. It would be. Oh, you, you've, uh, what, what, White Rose? Yeah, White Rose won, won, won with me up there, won for us up there. That was a, that was a lot of fun. Um, she was a great filly to own. Join of the Dance won. Of course, mm-hmm. I wasn't there. Oh, this is good about me not being there. One of the reasons I didn't go to London is I'm, I'm not real good luck when our horses run and I'm physically at the track. So after the race, you know, after everything calms down, obviously phones are blowing up. George Weaver, I text George about how happy I am for him. And Cindy was there and his son, Ben. And just the whole story was just, it's just, you can't make it up, right? So awesome. So he calls me right back. He's like, hey, man, I wish you were here, which I heard about 10,000 times from everyone. You're an idiot. Dude, you should have gone right. I, I get it, right? But we won. So that's the key. And so Weaver's like, man, I wish you were here. I was like, man, I don't want to jinx it, you know. And he go, he had a great line. He goes, Reagan, when you got the real fast ones, they outrun the jinx, baby. <laughs> and I was like, damn, that's a good point. That's a good point. I thought that was a good uh, that was from, from that was awesome. That was a uh, that was a uh, that was an underrated, underappreciated portion uh, of that whole thing. Is 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 Cindy being able to get there? And and I'd said it. Um, I don't know where I said, I don't know if I was on TV or what, but it's like, you know, there, there was a question if Cindy was going to walk again and, uh, or if she was going to be with us, let's be honest. And now she, she got to come over there and, and witness that and be a part of it. Um, Jake, I'm sure that was pretty special to be, oh, be a part of firsthand. Just, you know, no, you know, George and I are very close. I've followed, you know, I talk to George all the time. So I, just hearing what he's gone through, you know, on a weekly basis, day-to-day basis, and then getting Cindy back to where she is now is, is an unbelievable accomplishment. And then for George to be able to focus on taking care of his wife and focus on the horses, uh, it, it's, it's an amazing, amazing accomplishment uh, to George and his entire team that, that work with the horses every day. You know, there's days George has to leave to take Cindy to – therapy and you know his assistant and the grooms and you know nothing stops at the barn so for George to be able to focus on his personal life 
and the horses and, and to get this filly and, and to tell me after we bought her, we're going to go to Gulfstream and then go to Royal Ascot to try to win a race and to, for all that to happen with Cindy there, it, it's like a movie. Uh, you can't, you, you could not have drawn it up, drew it up any better. Uh, and she was so happy when that horse won. She was in the winter circle. Uh, you just, it, for George and his family, there couldn't be any any better moment. I wouldn't think of his professional career. How how yeah, was that, Ben? Was Ben fired up? Yeah, Ben was. Ben's great, man. He was, you know, he was like all of us. At first, you're kind of in disbelief. Um, you, you went over there and you there's a 28 horse field. You know, I mean, that's you see it on TV. You don't even know what's going on, really. I mean, Dave Portnoy had a tweet, you know, saying who, and it was actually our race, which was funny. But he said, how do you even know who to bet? They don't have chiclets on the TV. You don't, unless you know silks, all the saddle towels are the same. You have no idea what's going on in that race unless you kind of know the silks. Uh, but it's kind of a free-for-all, it seemed. They split in two divisions. There's like it's almost two races going on at once. And, you know, luckily we were on the near side, which had the best uh, turf that day. And uh, we just happened to be the fastest horse. So but it was – Literally, it was an experience of a lifetime. If you haven't gone to Royal Ascot, uh, that's something every racing fan should figure out a way to get to. Yeah, and and then one thing that I'd like to add on George Weaver and look that you know we're we're friends with him. He trains the vast majority of our horses. We love him, but the way the way that he and his barn and his business and his family, uh, what they've been through since the last you know year about when um, Cindy got hurt, it just tells you not only how good of a horseman he is but how good of a man and father and a husband and so we're friends with lots of trainers but what george has done proves the caliber of person he is and so if you're an owner man like why would you not send him some good horses he's he's, pro he's proven he's he's been through the highest the highs and the lowest the lows and uh he's managed uh, everything perfectly um from an outsider's perspective so I just love him, and I'm so proud that he he called me and said, "I need you to buy this, buy into this horse." So, kudos to Weaver, man. Jake, yeah, one of the other kind of things that we kind of glossed over with this uh, before we get out of here with this uh, this experience is that uh, your relationship with Johnny, um, because it's funny, like you and I kind of it, it, we kind of met. And Johnny was like the topic of our first conversation. I was a, you know, I was still kind of, you know, I was a, I was a tournament player, but I was kind of new to being at the racetrack and meeting lots of people. And so I, I kind of had these like brash opinions that I wanted to always kind of like share with people. You know, I don't know if it was an insecurity, but I wanted to be like, you know, that I know what I'm talking about. I know this game and I meet you. And like an asshole, the first thing I say to you, basically, uh, talking about Johnny, who was your friend, dear friend. I didn't know he was your dear friend at the moment. I just knew you were cool with him a little bit. And I was like, oh, Johnny's washed up. He's four wide all the time. He's uh, scared to go just like, up. He said he's scared to go up the rail. I'll never forget. I said, well, Angel's right there. Go tell him that. You know, Angel's his agent. Um but look, we uh, Johnny ran second to us at um, at Goldstream. He was riding for Wesley, and Johnny calls Weaver that night, 
I says, I want to ride that horse. And so a couple of days passed and I'm talking to George and he said, Hey, look, uh, I spoke to, to Ron Anderson and we can get to Tory for no name Mets. And that's in the Colt race for Bregman or, and we can get to Tory for our race. And he says, what are your thoughts? And I said, I want Johnny. Johnny, he says, well, Johnny going over there? I said, I don't know, but um, I want Johnny. Uh, I, I know Johnny. He's he's an American rider. Uh, he's going to try his hardest for us. And him and George have a long history. Johnny and I have a long history. And um, I want to win. I want to win a big race with Johnny. We've won races. We've won grade threes. Uh, and he's, you know, he, to me, he's still riding at the top of his game. And I, these Twitter experts will say he's this, he's that, but uh, I watch racing day in and day out. And, and, and the last thing Johnny is, is washed up. So uh, it made, it made the experience extra special when your friend is the jockey and you're close with his wife and you can hug them afterwards. And you just experience a win with, with Johnny was, and he's the greatest, you know, you can, you say Cordero and, other guys, but, you know, Johnny's a leading money earner in the history of the sport, and he's arguably, you know, top three rider. So to tell people, we went to Royal Ascot. We were the only USA winner. We did it with our our friend George, who trains the horse. We did it with Johnny. Everybody's friends and, like, family. So it makes it that much better when uh, when you can celebrate with your with, with your loved ones. Yeah, that that was I I loved it, and I, and I love Johnny as well, and and uh, and I. Well, that's I, just Johnny. You were at the time you were you probably got beat that day, so you were a disgruntled gambler on that day. I, I think I was. I, I've I've matured since then. Um, <laughs> I, I've, matured, I've matured since then. I, I I try not to blame the riders anymore because you know. The, it, it, it's a it's a it's a cyclical game. The, the times and you have they... to see them, J.K. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like, part of it. But like your in, like your intro with uh, with your uh, who was on uh, Flo uh, on your podcast last week. Yeah, yeah. You're like, with hey, the well, first, uh... first off, I want to say I have tweeted some things about you, <laughs> <laughs> but I I don't I don't mean them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in all honesty, like. I think the other part of it too, and Jake obviously learned this much earlier than I did with his relationship with Angel and his relationship with Johnny and subsequently his relationship with those that were around them, Manny and, 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 and just being around the game. Jake's been immersed in the game a lot longer than I have. So it took me a while to learn it. But when you start to know them a little bit more and you start to realize that they're people and you learn more about the game and you realize that they have families and they're risking their lives and you watch enough races and you realize that that 98 of them are giving full effort all the time you realize and, and then once you start betting a lot more you realize there's nine million ways for horses to get beat and the best horse doesn't always win and that's just the game you you really do start to appreciate that you can't blame them for your bad decisions or for your unlucky trip like it's going to happen Yep. You know, no, I think that's some well of, said. Some of my best scores I can think of in my life, I was not even right. I just got lucky that someone else got a bad trip. So it, it but, just, but it's just, it's just how writers, they'll make mistakes. And there's, is no different than, you know, 
Tom Brady throws an interception, had a horrible play, right? He gets to go back out there the next series. He throws a touchdown and everyone loves him. But as an owner or a better, and you lose a lot of money on a jockey that made a mistake, they just want to crucify him over and over and over. Even though that next race he could put on a brilliant ride and win for somebody else, it just wasn't for you, right? So they're just like any other athlete. I mean, they make mistakes. And, uh, you know, the best riders make the fewest mistakes, in my opinion. When people ask me who the greatest riders are, well, they're – the best riders make the fewest mistakes. No, I think that's, I think that's the key. And it goes back to our conversation a little bit about my, my friendship with uh, Jimbo Fisher. It's like, after getting to know the coaches that, on a personal level, man, they're trying really hard to win the game. All they care about, all they, all they want to do is win. Same thing with jockeys. Those guys are put are literally, they want to win every race. And so once you put the personal touch to them, like you mentioned, Jonathan, how can you bitch at a job? I mean, it's just, it seems silly. Now I'll get mad and say, why did he go to the rail or, you know, but, but they're trying their best. And it's yeah. once you get to know them personally, like, what are you going to do? I mean, he, he, they're, they're trying. You know, it's funny, a funny comparison too, just, and this is one of the main reasons where I've gotten where I don't do it as much or I'll do it kind of privately or quietly. I don't do it like publicly ever, but Let's think about two very big races in, for you two, which is um, the the Ashland, the Grade One Ashland, where Pastor Champagne lost to Malathot, and then Crimson Advocate in the in the in the and the Queen Mary. I don't know what happened. I don't fully know what happened. I know we have all talked about it in circles, and maybe we can come up to the conclusion that maybe Javier moved a little bit early on Pastor Champagne, and she got caught by Malathot. Maybe not. Maybe Malathot was just better and always going to win. Who knows? But let's just say for the sake of this conversation, maybe he moved a little bit early. Well, he moved a little bit early and got beat. Johnny said he moved a little bit early and won. So yeah. you can't be mad at, at Javier moving a little bit early, but then be happy that Johnny moved a little bit early. You have to, you have to, you have to, if you're going to reward someone for being aggressive, you can't be mad at someone for being aggressive. Yeah. Look, I, I don't, I've watched that pass champagne race a thousand times and Javier made the winning move, the winning move. He opened up on the field and now we know that she only has a short little kick, right? And it's very fast, but you have to know when to use it. That was only her third race. So we had no, we didn't know George didn't know. And Javier rode that race. Perfect. He moved, I think right on time. It's easy to go back now. And we did get run down by the champion. Uh, but but you're right. He moved early. We got caught. Johnny says he moved early. We won. Um, so it's you're right. You can't you can't sit there and say you know what if this, what if that. I mean it. At the end of the day, it balances. It, it should balance itself out. And Pastor Champagne made up for it in the Grade Two Ruffian at Belmont <laughs> at Derby Day, and no one was watching, <laughs> and no one was in the winner circle. Should have gone to Belmont, not Churchill that day. Damn. Guys, uh, uh, I love you both. Um, I'm I'm so happy for you. It's when when you know it's there's I didn't bet so when 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 she won, it was pure joy for you guys. And and there's been a few times that that uh, you guys have been in horse involved in horses that won that have made me cry. Uh, I I cried in in Las Vegas when Up in Smoke won, uh, and I was I was crying on 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 Wednesday morning just because. 
I know how hard, how hard you work, Jake, how hard Maddie works. I know the, I've been there for the downs. So the ups feel that much better. And Reagan, I know your passion and your involvement, and there's nothing like calling you after a race and hearing you screaming on the phone. And it's, uh, I was so happy for you guys and, and uh, it's, it's much deserved success. And, and hopefully we'll have some more this summer. I can't wait to see you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us. And thanks for uh, everything you do for horse racing. You're a great communicator. You're wonderful on TV and your podcast, I think is really hitting its stride. You have great episodes. Hopefully we don't ruin it with this one, but thank you for the platform and thank you for your friendship, Jake. Thank you for everything as well. Thank you guys, Jonathan. Reagan, I'll talk to you guys later. I'll see you guys in a little while. Never gets old. Uh, hanging out with buddies. It, it, it's it's always one that I've wanted to do. Just a couple of extra, you know, two people. Maybe this summer, if we can get them back up here, we'll do a video version. We'll do one of those kind of after dark JK plus ones with a couple adult beverages. Uh, you know, uh, like George Weaver. He he was smart enough to call Reagan at the perfect time to buy in to Crimson Advocate. Uh, look, I I'm so agitated because um, when I got on the plane to go to Italy for for my wedding the plan was that jovanine and i were going to go to royal ascot because i had been saying like uh, if i'm gonna go i want to go when i have friends with horses i don't want to just go and just kind of aimlessly walk around for two days and i want to go when i have a friend who has a horse and so we had planned to go but with a two-week trip with with italy and london and the wedding and all it just i i couldn't we looked at each other when we got home and said, ah, we, maybe we'll go next year. And, uh, dang, did I make a mistake? Uh, not only did I have a friend, friends running, I had friends winning. So I'm sure for the next 20 years, I'm going to try to go to Royal Ascot four or five times with friends with horses and none of them are going to ever win. And then I'm going to have to look back at this moment that I missed it, but it sounds like Jake's targeting it now. So, uh, with a target on it, maybe maybe Jake will, uh, and Reagan will 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 provide this opportunity for me next year, and they scouted everything out, so it'll be even better. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank our friends at Qatar Racing for their support. Looking forward to seeing what they do this summer up at Saratoga. I'm sure they're going to be uh, banging on lots of doors, and uh, and and that uh, obviously should be fun. Uh, ever so mischievous. Um, Unlucky second, I think, last time. Fast figure, came back and basically matched that figure. I would assume we'll see that horse at Saratoga this summer. Uh, one big performance away, I think, from being a horse considered for a race like uh, like uh, the, the Alan Jerkins, or who knows, maybe a stretch-out situation, and we have another um, horse pointing towards uh, a Travers run. We'll see. Rooting for the maroon and gold. Um, want to thank PTF, want to thank Drew, want to thank uh, everyone at In The Money Media. Most of all, want to thank you all for tuning in, for listening. Share, subscribe, um, retweet, comment, do all those fun things. Make sure you're subscribed to the JK Plus One on, uh, on the uh, Apple um, subscriptions. You can subscribe to that show specifically. And you can also subscribe to the main feed of in the money media you'll get every episode from everyone on that one feed you can subscribe to all of the shows individually we appreciate that support and uh we're right around the corner from saratoga i thought about it next week will be 
that we have two more episodes before there's this episode, two more episodes, and then we'll write smack dab in the middle. I'm always interested to hear your ideas. Feel free to tweet at me at people you would like to hear on the show. I've got a long, 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 long list. And every time I start feeling like I'm running out of people, I think about 27 more that I haven't had yet. So we'll have a, a bunch of fun. And the plan is a show every episode uh, every week, uh, every week during Saratoga. So there should be a show up every week during Saratoga and uh, a lot more video ones. Uh, if you haven't checked out the Angel Cordero video one, make sure you do that. Thank you all for tuning in. I'll see you next week. I need to know everything. Who in the what in the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George, I hop in the Porsche, a five and a horse, I'm ready for war, I'm coming for ghosts, to turn to a ghost, I need to know everything. Now you be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk, so I'm letting them talk.